da 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 that is a catchy little song i sit there, I, i'm not even joking i walk around and i'm like da 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 because I am a nerd. It's the way I do things, the way I roll. Hey, everybody. Welcome. Hey, boys and girls. Welcome to the Revenant Warriors uh, podcast called 21 Gun. Welcome to the show. We're the only show you need to watch for anything. News, politics. No, no. <laughs> no. I didn't say that. Uh, news, sports, and cooking. We're a cooking show. I don't think you've, uh, I've told you that. I mean, if we can cook some stuff up on. I just sure. don't think it'd be what you want. Tonight's uh, recipe is going to be a roasted pheasant with cranberry. I don't know. I'm just making that stuff with up. With a 12-year knob creek glaze. There you go. Yep, that's what we're sipping on. Uh, I'm your host, Kevin Sullivan. With me tonight, as always, is our Irreverent Warriors Sherpa, Jeremy Walton, the co-coordinator. Uh, I want to say co-creator, co-coordinator of the Raleigh Hike. You also might be noticing that our voices sound different to you. Hopefully. <laughs> Hopefully, <laughs> which actually means they sound correct. Uh, this happened pretty quickly. We were just like setting stuff up a second ago, getting everything ready to go. And then suddenly it's like, oh, we got to go live. So if I'm a little flustered, um, it's because I had no idea we were ready to go. Yeah, oh, go. and you know what? I forgot to pull up the Instagram. I'm going to do it right now. Can I do it real quick? Yeah, man, do it. All right. Jeremy, Jeremy, give so, uh, do you have anything going on in the uh, Irreverent Warriors Irreverent world? Warriors. So we just had the Fayetteville hike. And I got to say, it was a good time. Now, upcoming hikes, we can kind of get that out of the way. Today, we in the 29th, 31st, we have Denver and Richmond Halloween hikes. That means come to your hike, dress up, get into the spirit. You know, you got to you gotta spooky, spooky, spook yourselves out a little bit or the people around you. You have Kansas City coming up on the 7th, as well as Los Angeles, Fort Worth, Texas, and San Antonio on the 14th, and then San Antonio on the 21st. Oh, and here we go. Now we have our friends over at Instagram. Uh, so for those who didn't hear, we're actually live right now. Head over to 21gun.net, spell it out, 21gun.net, if you want to watch the entire show. Or if you are a, which you should be, if you are a liker of the group, is that what you call, is that what you are when you like a group page? A follower of the follower? of the IW, Irreverent Warriors Facebook page, then you can go and watch it over there. Um, but that's all you get, Instagram. That's it. So head over there yourself, and I'm going to turn you off now. That's what she you said. Talk to it. Man, <laughs> that's what she said. I really got a problem. Here, remember the last time you did the, you do the thing, and I'll work on, I'll I got work you, on I got this here. Thing. So if you are now watching us on Facebook, what I want you to do is share. Um, also, go ahead over to uh, 21 Gun, uh, the page, and like that. Uh, but share this because the whole idea the whole idea of the podcast, and I see this every time, and I sound like a broken record, but we're always getting new people to listen. So the idea of this is that we go to Silky's Hikes because we're trying to get people out of isolation. We're trying to get back into the camaraderie. We're trying to get people connected once again to their uh, fellow veterans. This is just another way to do that, right? We're not all about Silky's Hikes. I mean, we are like, what, 99%, but that one little percent... <laughs> Uh, we do a lot of other stuff. Um, so yeah, so uh, share this and let's uh, hopefully get some folks who might not be feeling good tonight to have them uh, be happy again, because that's what we do. We make people happy, uh, happy. happy <laughs> I'm already happy uh, through a couple of bourbons, which is what the drinking bros say. They say no veteran should have to drink by himself or herself. So um, that's their thing. A little plug Here's for them because the they need it. Oh yeah. Never alone. Hmm. Mm. And it's weird because Jeremy keeps putting his hand on my knee. I'm okay with it. I'm not okay with it. <laughs> now that means no. <laughs> 
All right, let's move right along. We have a packed show tonight. We have a lot of people on. Uh, first guy is named Keith Bridges. He, I believe, and I keep saying it, and he hasn't corrected me, so I'm going to just say he's a Marine. Uh, he's doing a 365-mile ruck to remember from Camp Lejeune or Lejeune. I say Lejeune. 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 That's what I say. Uh, 365 miles up to Arlington National Cemetery. And if you guys, I mean, you know rucking from the, the uh, Reverend Warriors rucks or hikes or whatever you want to call it. That's insane. That's like 20 miles. That's more than 20 miles a day. I'm not going to do the math, but I'm sure he'll tell us. That's insane. That's a lot. All of- I got to say is that's definitely 355 miles more than I'd like to do. Yeah. 10 for Reverend Warriors is great. 365. Kudos to him because I couldn't do it. That's, yeah. I, I can't wait to get him on because I want to find out how he's feeling. He's got one of those never quit attitudes. So I, I think he's the type of dude that even if his feet are. If the skin is down to the bone, he's still going to finish the uh, the hike. So yeah, never give up, never quit. That's how it is. Yeah. We also have Clark Impasado, and I, I know I keep saying his name wrong. Impasado, Clark Impasado. There we go. He's a former Navy SEAL and current world bearding champion. He doesn't know that, but that's what I call them. Uh, and he's an internet sensation. If you guys don't know Clark Impasado, really, all I have to do is just put that name in. He also has a company called American Skull Factory. How cool of a name is that? It's all beard products. I mean. And the beard products, I'll pull it up in a minute, but the beard products are, are beard products are pretty cool because they have little skulls and all that stuff. We also have a, a person in the live studio. Here, let me pull up his camera. Let's see here. Oh, there he is. Man. Hey, Jeremy. Or, I mean, I'm sorry, Paul. That's the Paul cam. Paul, how you doing, man? You don't say. Yep. Paul's not here yet, but hopefully he will be. And um, yeah, that's all I really... Oh, did I not? Yeah, I did. Okay. I muted his mic because that would cause all sorts of issues. Messed it up. Time is at 8.06. Okay, we got a few more minutes. Uh, we're going to start. We, we've been doing this for a few weeks now, and I really enjoy doing this. Uh, we're going to uh, have our Warrior of the Week. Let me quickly share my screen. Got to be in control, man. Where's yeah. the Where's the screen share? Oh, here it is. There it is, and you got to click on the one you want. All right. I want, I want it all. Here we go. Can you see that? Are you monitoring this? Sure can. All right, cool. All right, so Staff Sergeant Ronald Schur. Schur, I can't say his name. Schur, there he is right there. We'll just keep that one up, uh, and we'll go through what he did. So uh, Staff Sergeant Ronald Schur was a Special Forces medic serving Afghanistan. On April 6, 2008, the detachment he was assigned to was on a mission to capture and kill high-value targets in the Shock Valley. As they navigated through the valley, a series of insurgent sniper fire, rocket propelled grenades, and small arms and machine gun fire forced him and his unit into a defensive fighting position. Around the same time, he received word that his forward assault element was pinned down at another location, and the Ford team had sustained multiple casualties. With disregard for his safety, Schur moved hundreds of yards through heavy gunfire to reach pinned down, I mean, to reach uh, the guys who were pinned down uh, and treat casualties while killing multiple insurgents at the time. He exposed himself to enemy snipers. He actually took a, a round to his helmet, and he somehow wounded his arm. I think it was shrapnel from the the round that went to his helmet. Uh, he also helped evacuate three critically wounded teammates down a near vertical 60-foot cliff, all the while avoiding rounds of enemy gunfire and falling debris. He actually used his body to um, shelter the guys as he was uh, lowering them down the 60-foot cliff. Uh, he also used a run of nylon webbing to lower the casualties. He basically invented, not invented, but on the scene, he, he lashed together uh, repelling equipment without anything. Like, he just did it on his own and... Um, uh, Brought the guys down the hill for that. For more than six hours, Ron bravely faced down the enemy. Not a single American died in that brutal 
battle thanks to great measure to Ron's heroic actions. Unfortunately, I, I remember hearing a story about a year ago. Uh, he had a, some form of cancer that he battled for three years. And this past May, he passed away. Um, he is, and actually this past weekend, if you've been paying attention to the no news, he was buried at Arlington National Cemetery. So again, lessons we learned from situations like this. Now I start setting up, sounding like a, an officer. Lessons that we learned to gentlemen. Oh, he went full knife hand. <laughs> uh, you know, it's perseverance. And we bring this up all the time, all these Medal of Honor guys. And, and next week, we're, we're not even, I mean, it doesn't have to be a Medal of Honor guy. It just has to be something that we can look at and say, oh yeah, you know, when shit's bad in your life and you feel like there's no way out whether you're looking down the barrel of an enemy's AK-47 or the barrel of your own gun. It doesn't matter. You don't have to succumb to that. Uh, perseverance will help you fight on, help you survive. And I mean, look what he did for his teammates. So great story. Uh, rest in peace, Sergeant Schur. So, um, I was going to say what's new, but we already started the show by talking about what's new because we had that little glitch with uh, um, uh, Instagram. But I did have a situation that I want to bring up that it's not 100% positive, not 100% meaning it's not like all. But I was hiking and I was talking to a guy. I talk to everyone. I talk people's ears off. It's probably why no one wants to hike with me because they're like, oh, shit, here comes Kevin. I'm like, diary of the mouth. But, but I'm talking to this guy and I was like, yeah, what do you think about this? And he's like, well, I don't know. This is my second hike and it's very clicky. And I was like, what do you mean? And he's like, I, I just don't feel like I really belong. You know, I'm not really, I go to hang out with people and no one really wants to talk to me. And I'm like, maybe it's because I'm old. Uh, like, seriously, does that shit happen? Because I got really, really pissed. And I was like, no, dude, that, maybe, maybe just other people are uncomfortable when there's someone new around. I mean, that's kind of a natural thing, but but irreverent, if irreverent warriors is getting clicky, then that is definitely something that needs to stop. That shouldn't happen. We are there to put our arms around each other. And that whole, he's not heavy, he's my brother. We're carrying each other. And I don't know. That's all I have to say about that. Jeremy, what do you think about it? Well, it's, I wouldn't say it. It's, and it's not definitely not IW's fault. It's definitely mm -mm, you no. as hikers, us as hikers. We need to engage people. And that's what we need to do. The point of bringing in these newbies and these new hikers is to bring them into our home into our family. And that's what this is. This is family. You can't do that by not engaging and sticking with your friends. Stop sticking with your friends, meet new people, make new friends, make new memories. And we want them to come back. That's how we save lives. Couldn't have said it better myself. I just, should be a public speaker. And, 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 and the whole point of it, really, the reason why I'm bringing it up is because I heard it twice. Um, one was in the previous hike and one was on this hike. And I just figured I would give you my two cents because I have a microphone in front of my face, which makes me an expert on whatever I'm talking about. Announcements. We're going to start doing a new um, segment on the show. I think we're getting a lot of uh, feedback. People texting. No, instant people commenting. <laughs> I don't know what the kids are doing these days, but uh, we're getting a lot of uh, engagement from you guys. And we, I still want to turn this over to as many irreverent orders as possible. So I've already got some emails. Um, we're going to get those guys on, on some future shows, but this is basically how I want it to go. You come on the show. Like what you say, we bring up a topic like this, people being clicky. You put a note down in there. It says, Jeremy, uh, I want to come on and talk about, you know, ways to combat that phenomena for having whatever right this is an example and then he'll shoot you over the link and then we'll get you right on it'll be like a call-in show um we'll probably do it for 10 15 minutes in between guests or maybe we'll do it where we're doing our guest tonight because we're gonna have him up in just a minute um we do have time for a little bit of current events 
We're not going to do politics, but we'll do current events. This one is pretty, um, I was going to say pretty cool. It's not cool. So, no, wrong one. So real quick, love you guys. Ruggie Jones, CJ Frost. You know, we got uh, Frank Aisling Jr. CJ Frost is on. Hey, yeah, let me man. tell you something about CJ Frost. Um, Chris Frost. He is a former EOD guy. You busted out the first name, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He is a bilateral. Well, he not when I knew him, he wasn't a bilateral uh, below the knee amputee. Um, but he rode his bike with myself and a bunch of other veterans across the United States back in 2010. So it was 10 years ago. Damn. Um, but it was pretty, pretty crazy. Uh, insane story. Um, he hit an IED like, like everyone else. I seem to bring on the show. They were freaking everywhere back then. Um, but he had a great recovery. Um, that's it. Maybe we'll get him on the show. Uh, I don't want to call him CJ cause I don't Chris, but maybe he goes by CJ now. I don't know. It's been 10 hey, years on Facebook. It's CJ. So if, as you guys know, if it's on Facebook, it must be real. There you go. So we're going to get you on buddy. Um, I think that will be a cool, uh, story for you to tell us. Um, that was not political. That was more along the lines of relationship wise. Okay. <laughs> so let me actually, I don't even have to pull this up. I'm going to pull it up cause it doesn't really give us anything extra, but it looks like we might be getting into a kerfuffle big word for you in the western hemisphere we don't have too many wars in the western hemisphere it's one of those things we just seem to go where it's hot <laughs> where the weather's shitty where everything every animal can bite you and just kill you instantly i don't know why that is they pick the worst places to go to war but now um it is venezuela venezuela has been receiving missiles from iran so it's kind of i mean if something did happen Maybe there would be a kerfuffle over. I'm going to stop using that word, but maybe there would be a dust up over in Iran too. Um, but the U.S. has said, if you guys put those long range missiles in Venezuela, we're going to destroy them. What do you think, Jeremy? Uh, I'd say don't mess with the guy that has bigger missiles. That's true. Well, I'll read you the, the quote here. The United States is warning it will destroy potential Iranian long range missiles delivered to Maduro regime in Venezuela, according to senior administration officials. The transfer of long range missiles to Iran uh, or from Iran to Venezuela is not acceptable in the United States and will not be tolerated or permitted. Uh, and that was from Elliot Abrams, State Department Special Representative for Iran and Venezuela. Wow, that's a weird uh, title to have. Um, I thought of something. So we had Haiti. Yep. Uh, I wasn't involved in that. That was before my time. Are you sure? We had Panama. Yeah, <laughs> I might have been there. Um, I was a med student at Granada when they did Granada back in the, the early eighties. Oh, wow. So I found this thing. If you guys ever check out duffelblog.com, actually, I don't know what the ending is. Duffelblog. Just look up duffelblog. You'll find it. Google. Uh, they had a great article. So it's, uh, not political, but it is Trump related. So the commander in chief made a recent trip to Cincinnati, Ohio, where he made some eye raising comments about allowing service members to choose where to deploy next. The commander in chief said for too long, I should do a, <clears throat> For too long, I'm not. I don't have a very good. Uh, for too long, <laughs> for too long, political, political leaders, leaders from both sides of the aisle have used military and questionable adventures overseas. Often, often, in, I can't do that. Often, in pursuit of ambiguous strategic goals. That's not likely to change, he said. To be honest, but what we can change is how we choose where we're going to fight, like fighting in the Western Hemisphere. So he, he said uh, during this little uh, military meetup, who here would rather invade, say, Rio de Janeiro than, instead of Fallujah? Hold on, hold on. Yes. Rio de Janeiro. 
Have you ever you been? Imagine how much of a party that would be oh, instead it's, of Fallujah. It's, it's, it's extremely dangerous. <laughs> extremely dangerous. Uh, I wouldn't advise you to go vacation down there, but it's beautiful, beautiful uh, part of the world. Yes, I would rather um, invade Rio de Janeiro. Uh, he noticed national uh, Army National Guard man trying to slip out the back. The commander in chief pointed him and yelled, "Hey, you there, Mister E4." Um, where do you want to invade next? Name it, and we'll go. We'll put it on the list. The confused specialist blurted out, "New Zealand," and the chief turned to his staffer and directed him to write it down. That is actually not real, but I just thought that after, would be great, after reading about the uh, the possible Western Hemisphere war that we could be getting in, I thought that was a great story. Yeah, Duffel Blog, by the way, that is a satire piece for those who don't understand. Yeah, sarcasm. check it out. That's not real. Fake news. All right, let's bring up our first guest. Uh, oh, look, and it sounds like our other guest just walked in the studio. So we'll do it all at once here. Here he is. And we'll pull him up like this. And we'll say, what's happening, Keith? How's it going, Keith? Oh, no, we got a delay. How you doing, gents? We're doing good, man. I see that you're alive and well, so that's good. Any you bleeding doing, from your feet yet? A absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> how many how many miles do you have under under your belt so far? Uh, we're looking right at ninety. Okay. Okay. Uh, that's ridiculous. And you've only yeah, been at this bad. what three days? Three days. Yes, sir. Holy shit! All right. And I assume you were a, a marine. I've been telling everyone that. So. That's correct. No, that's correct. Okay. And, uh, I served with Second uh, LAR uh, out of Camp Lejeune. Okay. Uh, where did you? Uh, okay. Yeah, I was going to say, where did you serve? Uh, where did you deploy anywhere? So you're right. So I was in. Uh, so Operation Iraq Freedom, two thousand four and two thousand five. Awesome. You're an old man, just like myself. Um, so what yeah, made you decide no. to do this, dude? What made you decide that you're going to go from Lejeune all the way up to Arlington National Cemetery? Yeah, so I mean, so Ruck and remember, we're we're a, a fairly new nonprofit, uh, and and that's what we do. You know, we Ruck in honor of our fallen service members. That's how we honor their memory, and uh, and so we've been the team's been rucking since January one every single day in honor of a fallen service member. We we feature uh, daily feature fallen on our our social media, uh, and so this is really just a culminating event of the three hundred sixty five that the team is rucking for during the year of uh, twenty. Okay. Okay. Very good. Um, is there a specific person you guys are rucking for this time or is it just to raise awareness for rucking to remember? Yeah, no. Well, yeah. So, I mean, um, you know, we just, we're, you know, trying to raise awareness for the organization, what we're doing, you know, the plus 7,000, uh, us casualties from the war on terror, uh, you know, and, and, and exposure, just, you know, connect with the community, talk to people, uh, you know, and, and just raise awareness, you know, um, we live in a world where, you know, when it's no longer headline news, uh, we're worried about what's happening today. And, you know, we just want people to remember what happened yesterday and, and, and how we got here. You know, the service members, their sacrifice, uh, the sacrifices made on our behalf uh, and the families, you know, who, who live with that every day. Yeah, man. Never forget. I agree. Yeah. Uh, have you ever done a Silkies hike? Oh, no, you know, I haven't, uh, you know, it's, it's actually something I was looking into a little bit and, uh, and, uh, you know, we get a couple of, of hikes that are pretty close to us that, uh, I think, you know, we'll start getting involved in, uh, but definitely something we'd be interested in doing. Hell awesome, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, definitely. In fact, everybody that I get on the show, I'm like, now you don't have a choice. You got to come out on a, uh, Silky's hike with us. 
Yeah, no, I mean, I, that would be great. That would be great. Uh, we'll get through this 365. Uh, we, we may not ruck for a day or two, uh, you know, afterwards, but uh, yeah. we'll definitely get out there and ruck again. Dude, I did a um, Go Ruck Challenge, a star course about three weeks ago. It was 12 miles. We did it in three and a half hours. I was, my ass was kicked for like two days. I can't figure out how you're doing 30 miles a day. Is that what you're, you're probably going to average so, here? Right. So we're averaging 28, 30 miles a day. We're doing about three, three and a half, uh, an hour. Um, you know, so we're putting in some, some good days. Uh, we gave ourselves 16, three days off, uh, 365 from Marine Corps base camp Lejeune to Arlington national. And, uh, you know, it's just, I mean, training, yeah, I mean, you can't train for 365, but you, you do what you can, you get into mileage, uh, you take care of your feet, your body. And, and then, you know, just, if you eat right, you stay healthy, you hydrate, and uh, you know our mantra is no excuses. So uh, you know we uh, we we take one step at a time. Um, we focus on the mission and uh, and and uh, you know and, and keep rucking. So, how many guys are you rucking with on this this hike? Well, yeah, right. So so the actual ruck. Um, so so I'm rucking it right now. It's that's kind of a unique question. So physically, I'm out here. I've got a small team with me. Uh, but actual rucking, I, I'm, I'm rucking, I'm the one on the road. Uh, but, you know, our, our team, our entire team is, you know, plus 3,000 strong. And, and so they're front, back, left, right. You know, they're all they're all out here with us, uh, with me. And, and uh, I got a safety team and some tech support. But, uh, um, you know, actual boots on ground, I'll be I'll be rucking, you know, 365 start to finish. Wow. Wow. Um, yeah, I, I was saying to Jeremy before we started this that uh, I can tell just by your attitude that it, you're, you're going to make it. You know, if you're down to nubs, you're going to make it uh, up to Arlington. Yeah, no, I mean, you know, never forgotten, no excuses. Um, you know, uh, it, it's uh, whatever it takes, whatever it takes. We even I've got a, I've got a set of crutches in the truck. You know, if it comes down to that, we'll, uh, you know, however we got to get into Arlington, we're going to get there on, uh, on Veterans Day, November 11th. And uh you know, we'll, we'll complete the mission. Uh, the last step will be in front of uh, Marine Lance Corporal Tenzin Dinkum's grave. Um, and, uh, you know, where I'll, I'll lay his dog tags down on his headstone and give that we're an honorable discharge. And uh, and then, we'll you know, we'll rock on from there. Awesome, man. That's great. Yeah, that really is. Uh, where can folks follow you? Uh, where can folks find you? Give us kind of your plug to the Irreverent Warriors. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, you know, so we're, we're on Instagram at, at Rucking to Remember. Uh, that's Rucking, the number two, Remember. And then we're on Facebook, Rucking to Remember. And then our website, RuckingToRemember.org. Um, you know, and listen, we're a nonprofit. And, and so, you know, proceeds, donations, uh, hopefully that, uh, that we, we, we uh, can generate from this, uh, this Ruck uh, will we'll, uh, our scholarship program uh, because we do offer, as an organization, uh, $1,000 scholarships in honor of our, our fallen service members. Awesome. Awesome. Keith, thanks for coming on the show, man. Good luck. Take care of your feet. Bring some dry socks. Uh, what else do Absolutely. officers tell you to do? <laughs> hopefully, hope, hopefully you'll have good weather. And um, no, I appreciate you guys having me. It's truly a, truly a privilege. Thank you. Awesome. Awesome, man. And, Motrin uh, and water. Motrin and water. That's right. <laughs> and if you start pissing blood, don't worry about it. Just keep going. Just a little rhabdomyolysis. Doesn't hurt anyone. Yeah. <laughs> all right brother thanks for uh checking in and uh i will check in too again before you or maybe when you end we'll see what's going on um but awesome dude thanks for uh no, for absolutely. everything you're doing right now take care stay safe absolutely so, you guys have a good night Thank
Thank you. I'm trying to pull him off the stream. Oh, you did it. There you go, Jeremy. I got you. Man, you are a... Hey, guess who's in the studio, boys and girls? Showed up late. He showed up late. Let's put him up there. There he is. Oh, man, now you're stepping on my thing. I don't recognize him because he doesn't have a beard. You have a you have a microphone. Yeah, yeah. You have to talk onto the microphone. Can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. Uh, yeah, so look at... If you saw the angle that we have for you right now, it's like you look like you're being um interrogated there's just a bright light and this this honestly looks like a, a hostage situation right here all we need is a bucket and a rag well it's what it felt like yeah because he was like you know jeremy was like what's your eta i was like 16 <laughs> minutes <laughs> dude you're supposed to be here at eight o'clock no is it eight yeah yeah, yeah. Seven fifty. family man like we're at deep river eating some uh, uh -oh. had the lobster truck out there man so oh really yeah, the lobster truck yeah so we went and got some they get all their stuff fresh from here in clayton you know on the saturdays and they do like the uh the market downtown that's pretty awesome Dang. So it was uh it was actually really good food i'm missing nice. out so what's what's new in the world of uh what's it called again uh, uncommon valor um right now man we've actually been kind of stagnant to be honest uh i've been kind of focusing on a career a little bit more, man. You know, I got the family now, so I kind of had to put uh, not to put it on the back burner, but you know, had to focus up on that a little bit and yeah, and make sure everything was uh, secure there, man, before we could you know move on with the other company, right? So it kind of made sense to me, you know. Got to take care of family number one, man. So oh yeah, absolutely. Hey, you know, uh, looking at you without a beer, it's like it's weird. It's like I hear your voice, but I don't see Paul. It's freaking me out. <laughs> it is. You walked in, you peeked your head to the door. I'm like, that's not Paul. We have we have one of the. <laughs> we have one of the nation's leading bearding experts coming on here real soon. Um, so yeah, uh, but you know, you got to do what you got to do. I guess week. Um, what else do we know that way? I meant to say weak, but I'm having oh, a little too much wink, of a wink. I'm like, uh, I would just flat out wink to that. But man, how you doing? Man, right are you, you keeping pretty busy besides family? Yeah, man, staying busy with work. Um, you got to talk more into the mic. You used to do this on the other on the other episodes we used to do. It would be like you'd hear Mike, you'd hear me, and then you'd hear Paul, and he'd be like, "Yeah, things are going pretty good." You're like, Fuck! I got to go through and change all that audio. So talk into it. It's like My he's, bad, man. he's like, talking, like telling, secrets. like you're on the mute. Kind okay, of get yeah, in there. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what that's like. Um, never been on a mute. You never been on a mute? No, man. I thought all Marines go on a mute. I've never been on a mute either. Really? No. Yeah. Shit, I've been on a mute, and I'm an airman. Yeah, no, because I went to combat. <laughs> so maybe you know what it's like. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just uh, kidding. So they yeah, no, I never, I never, never went on a mute, man. I, I just did two straight pumps, man, uh, straight into country. Nice. But uh, yeah, uh, we, I just been focusing on the, on the career, man, and trying to take care of the family and stuff like that, which I felt like was priority. Yeah, you yeah, because you got a little guy. Yeah, I got a little guy now, so that's that's number one to me, man. Taking care of that man, taking that little guy. But uh, everything else is good, man. It's everything's falling in place. I think like it should. Yeah. Um. So really, I kind of been hunting a little bit behind the house. Yeah, man. Kind seriously, of doing a little deer hunting, getting that in, man. Took my son out and introduced him to, to that man. Got to get him out there by you know first deer kill and stuff like that. So of the season. So I mean that that was cool. Yeah, to bring him. Isn't he like and, not even two yet? He's, he's almost. He's, he's almost two, man. He's taking so, down deers already. <laughs> well, no. Well, I mean, well, I, I I ended up killing the deer. I just drug it up to the house and made him eat the heart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I took him outside. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Definitely rubbed a little blood on his face. You know, a little, little dang, little paint. Never hurt nobody. There you, you go. Give him the Simba. <laughs> yeah. That's the, that's what, what a lot of people understand. Like when you hear people that are anti-hunting, you, you take down a deer, depending on the size of it, you could have 80, 90 pounds of organic grass-fed, not beef, but meat. meat and yeah. yeah, I mean, oh, it tastes gamey. Shut up. 
Americans, Americans are so we're so pussified in the fact that like yeah. our chicken just looks like a lump of meat now. That's it's it. just a pink lump of meat. Yeah. Our our burgers and everything is all no, no. Yeah, you got to get is already round. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm a big proponent of getting your hands back into what you're doing, which is why we're probably going to be moving out of this spot at some point, mm. picking up a big piece of land because oh, I, mean, nice. I can't hunt here. Yeah. <laughs> if I tried on here, I'd, I'd shoot a neighbor. You know, you <laughs> fit right into Marine Corps boot camp, getting your hands just right into. Everybody right into it, man. Yeah. Nice. Speaking of that, I almost hit a deer on the way over here, man. So they were out yeah. tenderized. Yeah. Yeah. But no, dude, I actually really enjoy that, man. It like kind of gets you back to that primal. Um, everyone, I think every man has it in them. You know, that, that little primal kind of sure gene inside you. You know, and uh, I think that's something that I kind of, I definitely enjoy getting back to and being able to experience, man. Sitting out there hunting, dude. Hundreds and, uh, of thousands of years. That's what we did. Yep. Right. Hundreds of thousands of years. And now people go to Starbucks. Now people are, <laughs> are struggling with obesity and they're like, we can't figure out why. And it's like, maybe because you're having a milkshake every morning for breakfast with a donut and then eating exactly. three snacks. And then just, and a lot of my Fast patients, food. a lot of my patients get, get, um, not concerned, but they, they get weirded out when I'm like, eat meat. Like, yeah. but meat's bad for you. I'm like, really? Cause it wasn't bad for the cavemen. Yeah. No and exactly. we're here now. So yeah, yeah. we're still Bacon alive, diet. right? That's it. Bacon. Yeah, absolutely. One hundred percent. Go bacon. Now, I actually, actually uh, bad bad news. Bacon is actually not one of the uh, okay. no. unless it is a. Uh, I think they call it a heritage pig. One that allows they allow it to to free graze, free roam, right. whatever. <laughs> then its fat content is okay. The fat content on like a Smithfield pig, because they eat a lot of corn, it becomes mm. very. It's hard to. I don't want to get too nerdy into it, but it will actually nerdy. it will actually trigger <laughs> your body into a pre diabetic state based on the fat content. Of those pigs, so yeah, pig oh, wow. tends to be shitty unless you get a heritage pig or whatever the hell they call it. Free. Yeah. It's bacon. I mean, yeah, the good thing about like deer hunting is what, what I enjoy about it, man. Like, I can pull a backstrap straight out of a deer and throw it on the grill. Yeah, clean it off, man. Oh, yeah. You know, skin it up real, real neat, man. Get you know, get all the some of the. Uh, I guess it's like the glue between the skin and the actual mm -hmm. meat. You know, you get that stuff out there. I don't know what it's called. Silver, uh, silver, whatever that thing's called. Or... Yeah, I have no clue what it's hey, called. Hey, do you, um, have you ever heard of sous vide? S-O-U-S-V-I-D-E. No. Oh, Only yeah. an Air Force officer would know what that is. Yeah. Oh, wait, you know what no it is? Doubt. Sure do. Oh, okay. I have no what it is. I'm, only, I'm sure you, you would only know what that is, Kevin. So a sous vide, <laughs> I'm going to pull it up here. Sous vide, uh, when you said backstrap, that's how I learned about sous vide. Uh, mm. Joe Rogan. Uh, had this thing on his Instagram. It was a picture of him sous viding this. I don't know what the hell it was. So, I, mean, I think it was oh, an elk yeah, or something yeah. like you, that. You basically boil it in the bag and it's a pressure. Yes. And, and cook. yeah. And let me pull it up here. It, it's how do you convince someone to try it? Where's my screen share? Is um, it not up there? You convince them it's a normally cooked steak and then shove it in their mouth. Where's my screen share? Oh, there <laughs> it is. I guess I just have to do this. Oh, okay. Here it is. Weekly. So, um, where the hell are you? It's right here. So, this is the machine here. Uh, and yeah, you got to convince someone that you're going to stick this in a plastic bag into a boiling pot, not mm. boiling uh, This one right here looks like it's 138, something like that. So you set the temperature, you put the meat in mm. and then it's going to get to that temperature and stay at that temperature. I mean, if you have to like go run errands, it's all fine. I have the same, uh, system too, but it's going to be cool. fine. And then what you do is you take it out of there after about two hours, the meat is the exact temperature that you want a perfect medium rare. And then you fire up like anything you can fire up a grill, make it really hot. Um, uh, uh, a cast iron skillet just get this thing like just and then you yeah. throw it on there and you sear both sides holy jesus looks good it right? is, it <laughs> is i so uh, my dad was like hey, i'm not gonna eat bag meat i'm like no 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 dad you, you gotta understand he's like no, no, no i'm not eating bag meat and i'm like all right i'll just cook a regular steak in the and, bag and yeah. then he's like 
God damn it, if that's not the best steak I've ever had in my entire life. So sous vide. Try sous viding. Um, yeah, I try that. That it's pretty good. I'll lend you my unit. Yeah, that sounded weird. Yeah, that right? sounded yeah, so weird. Only officers, man. <laughs> I'm still looking for. It looks like. Um, it's, but it's a, it's such it's such a good. I think I think it's good tasting too, man. I think you just have to have that taste for it. Maybe some people don't like it. I mean, it is what it is. But they're pussies who don't like. Yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, what awesome. I did do is this is what I did when I pulled it out. I actually had a recipe for it. So I took some uh, extra olive oil mm-hmm. and layered it on both sides, and I actually wrapped it in bacon. And then took like a seasoning, like a barbecue kind of rub kind of seasoning for the outside mm-hmm. and just cooked it at like 225, 250. For a few cooked, hours. Cooked for a few, yeah, a few hours, man. Oof. Man, it was, it's tender. The juice from like the bacon goes into the meat. It was, yeah. It's it like, it's good. It's not gamey tasting, not anything. That's pretty sweet. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, so that's what I've been doing, man. Just kind of hanging out with the family and just taking care of number one, man, and trying to make sure uh, we're all good to go cool yeah dude well our our 8 30 guest is a little late hopefully he'll jump on because uh like i said he is a bearding guru and we need to talk about beards tonight uh where would you like to just shave his beard where where would you like to deploy paul if you could deploy anywhere in the we were just talking that uh we might get in a war with venezuela put it in the chat too guys i have not seen that yet really Say that again. I didn't hear you. Is that legit? That's not legit. Yeah, uh, Iran is sending missiles to Venezuela, and we want to destroy them. It'll be a uh, strategic. I mean, it'll be just like a little. Pew. We want to destroy Venezuela. Oh, nice. We, we got our man. We want to destroy Iran. Uh, we don't want missiles that close to Venezuela. Oh yeah. All right, we got our next guest on. Let me pull him up here. All right, bring him on. Bring him on board. Clark, welcome. Hey, uh, hey. what's up, fellas? Can you guys what's... hear me good? Hey, what's going we on, can hear man? you great uh nice. here's the problem i've been i've been all week i've been plugging that you're gonna be on and i've been <laughs> fucking up your name from the very beginning impostado 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 that's right oh and do you know what i bet you i wrote it wrong too what an asshole <laughs> i am you're supposed to be an officer in the airport that in oh that's all right it doesn't mean they can that's, spend, so right? that's true that's yeah. very fair did you know did you know that i shit you not in the air force they actually uh, when you go through officer candidate school, you get a book. This, I, I listen. I get enough shit for being in the air force. It's fine. So I just, I just lay it out there. I'm like, this is the way it is. And uh, they had a book called the Tongue and Quill. I kid you not. Every officer got a copy of the Tongue and Quill, and it taught you proper <laughs> grammar on how to write like memorandums for all that bullshit that has to be sent up and yeah. sent down, and you get the, the right <laughs> margins and all that stuff. Yes. Yes, we were highly trained in the art. And you know what they gave Marines? They gave them a speaking spell. I bet. I bet. And I assume, I can only assume that the Navy SEALs probably had something along the same lines because the pen is mightier, mightier, mightier than the sword. Am I right? So, Clark, uh, so, you know, this is a little different atmosphere for us. Usually I spend like a good hour and we get deep into your psyche and then we um, expose all the craziness of who the guest is. But now we do these quick segments, so we just got to dive right into the meat and potatoes. Uh, I guess what we'll say is what what led you to the SEALs? Gosh, um, really just three kind of the way I left. grew up. <laughs> yeah, this is cool. <laughs> shit, this is a quick like rapid fire shit. It's like a job interview. Uh, no, it was it was really just the way I grew up. My mom was a huge fan of World War II movies, so that got me into it at a young age. But then all the movies I grew up with as a kid in the 80s and 90s were all, you know, Rambo and all the Schwarzenegger stuff. And so Absolutely. that always got me into it. I also grew up in the mountains, and so I'd run around the woods with a BB gun and, and play Army guy. But the pivotal moment for sure was uh, when the Gulf War kicked off when I was in high school. 
Okay. That got me. I was just glued to the TV. It was just 24 coverage. And I was like, oh, shit, I got to do something. It, well, I didn't discover the SEALs. My plan was the Marine Corps until I got into college and I grabbed a, a hold of a couple books, the, the old famous Dick Marcinko books, yep. The Rogue Warrior and Red Cell. And I read that stuff and I said, oh, yeah, these guys are they're Yeah, they're, these are the guys. I they, It's like seemed like a similar mentality anyway. And, and it, in some ways it's true. It's the most non-military military unit. And that's yeah. what really appealed, you know, to me is um, I want to serve when I'm kind of a rebel, kind of like uh, with John Bender from Breakfast Club. You know, I, I kind of want to hang out, but I'm kind of, a you know, a rebel, <laughs> a jerk. All right, I'll kind of listen. And so I, I had some good advice as to don't just join the military to join. Make sure you find a purpose in the military or the military will find you purpose. And it's usually not very pleasant. So I'm lucky I found a niche that uh, when I eventually got to the teams, I was like, holy shit, you know, these these guys are just like me. This is great. So I, I got lucky. I fell into the right community for my personality type, for sure. That's awesome. Hey, do you know what's funny? Oh, sorry. I, I just want to bring up, I get this a lot. So I, I, I always ask, you know, what got you in there? And dudes that are our age always talk about growing up with Rambo, G.I. Joe, He-Man. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, the Navy yeah. SEALs with uh, Charlie Sheen. I mean, all yeah, those movies. Oh, yeah. They shaped, I don't know if they knew how much they shaped a generation of warfighters. Yeah, that's true. I think more so than we thought, because that's all the stuff we looked up to as kids. And I didn't even think about that. But you're right. The toys, you know, all, all that type of stuff was all action figures and soldier toys. Even the little green army dudes as a kid kid or the little parachute guys used yeah. to like shoot oh, slingshot yeah. up in the air and they'd fall down. And yeah, it was just I you're kind of slowly gearing you towards that, you know. I bet you there's somebody in like a hoity-toity college that is studying like the toxic masculinity of uh, <laughs> of 80s movies and plastic or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how we were conditioned to become these these wacko military guys. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Uh, yeah, wacky for sure. So real quick, uh, Clark, we got a uh, guy, one of our fellow vets and hikers. He, uh, his name is Ben Rodriguez. He asked, what's your favorite World War II movie, sir? My favorite World War II movie, gosh, man, it's tough. I mean, probably just Midway. Midway's yeah, a good old right. classic one. There was also one that I like. It, it was kind of a fantasy World War II movie. Um, damn, you remember where the aircraft carrier went back in the time warp and they were yes, going to fight the Japanese of course with I modern that. jets? Uh, uh, what was it? Was it? it was like the Final the, Countdown or the something? Final or? Countdown. That was it. Yeah. The Final Countdown. Find that. I'm not gonna yeah. Lie. Oh, yeah. But, uh, and was, then, of course, like Patton was a, a classic one to watch, you know? Patton, I, uh, I think I was Still. was more of a fan of the Pacific Theater for some reason. I really loved oh, yeah. the uh, the dogfighting, the airplanes. I wanted to be a pilot and, and fight in the South Pacific. And there was a, a show called The Black Sheep Squadron that was a real popular TV show when I was a kid. And those dudes, I was like, man, that would be so cool to be a pilot. And, you know, especially growing up in Colorado Springs, Air Force Academy's right there. I'm like, this is a done deal. And then my mom's like, you know, you got to be smart to be a pilot. And I was like, <laughs> so what you're saying is, Clark, you're saying there's a chance? Uh, <laughs> yeah. you, you can actually, I was a navigator. They actually have a role of flying where you don't have to be smart. 
Oh, there you <laughs> go. Like, I didn't know. The back <laughs> I would have. That would have been great. <laughs> That's how. Yeah, they said they had to. They made me take a test, and they're like, "You're fine. You just. You don't even. You don't really yeah. do anything. We just have yeah, you on board." Close enough. Put them in. And so, if we drop uh, you from, especially, especially, uh, uh, you high speed guys, if we drop you from high enough. You're the one guiding yourself in. I mean, I'm not going to miss a target. I just let you guys jump and do your little. Do your little halo. <laughs> He's like, right here, here's about good. Now nah, the rest is on you. Do you want? Do you want scary? That's actually for halo. For halo drops, it is very much like that. We're up at like we're on oxygen at twenty five thousand feet, thirty thousand feet. We're just like, I mean, you look out the window when you're at that high. You're like, I don't know. Lineup looks good. There's Arizona and there's New Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah wait, what do you want? We're good. The Atlantic. It's up to you. Okay. What What is the biggest stereotype that accompanies being a seal? Oh, I do think the biggest stereotype is that you're just some like badass killer dude. And it's really not it. The The teams are filled with funny dudes and anyone that's been in the military gets it. The comedy, the shenanigans, the pranks, <laughs> the hazings. It's just oh, on yeah. an epic like we call ourselves frat boys with guns. I mean, it was constant just like SNL skits. I mean, it was just it was beyond ridiculous which i found very refreshing uh, so, so i think the public just looks at us as these kind of uh you see in the movies and tv shows especially with the seal community to me they seem too robotic too regular military too proper too yes or no sir and the teams is like very laid back first name basis it's professional in a different way but i think that most people miss the mark with realizing that we're really kind of lovable train wrecks. We're kind of goofballs. There's a lot of goofiness <laughs> that goes into the teams. And somehow we're like the bad news bears. We just put it all together in the end and it comes out great. But if people saw, how, you know, how it got there, <laughs> like, Holy shit. These, these guys are soup sandwiches, you know, <laughs> it's nice. Hey, that used to be the name of our podcast. <laughs> oh, um, nice. <laughs> I know. Uh, who stereotype seals more civilians or, or guys from other career fields in the military? I would say other military guys for sure. You know, especially when I was in, there wasn't a lot known even in the military about it. And so when people would find out, I think even more so nowadays, even though I'm not active duty anymore, I think it's the people in the military that keep these urban legends and, and myths alive. I know when I was in the regular Navy, some guy was like, oh yeah, the SEALs are going to attack our ship. And the last time they did this, Man, after they got done taking down the bridge, they just jumped in the water and disappeared like it's some Chris Angel shit. You know, I'm, there are, I didn't know. I was like, wow, really? They just disappeared. That's crazy. They must, you know, hold their breath for a long time. Or then obviously I get to the teams and we attack ships and I learn the techniques that are used. And it pretty much is like a magic trick. I mean, there are certain things in place that once you know how the trick is done, you're like, oh, it's not that far out to, <laughs> yeah. to believe it so it's those urban legends that exist within the military especially the regular navy or or whatnot and so yeah. they really just come up with these stories you know everything is more like mystical in your mind and then when you actually do it you're like <laughs> oh okay it's not because like making dropping a tank and hitting it within 10 meters of a of a target right for in a scene with Uri, that's freaking awesome i mean we're not doing jdams or anything like that but still i was like that's impossible we can't do that and we did no problem uh are you familiar with um are you familiar with don shipley i am i don't know him personally but i know who he is and kind of what he's known for yeah 
he he scared the shit out of me. So I have this fear of black open water, <laughs> right? He scared the shit. Oh shit! <laughs> just looking over a boat at night, black water scares the shit out of me. He was talking about how I think it's in San Diego. Well, you would know obviously. Uh, there's some sort of like long range dive exercise that you do where uh, you have a buddy and you're you're I don't know maybe putting a mine on a ship or something like that and it's getting complete mm -hmm. blackout darkness and I was like you gotta be fucking kidding me no way in hell no way in hell <laughs> what's that called did you have to do that yeah I mean it's probably part of a platoon workup we would do like uh, double ship attacks and things like that and I tell you what's funny is we got lost under a pier. And it turns into a haunted house real quick. And all of a sudden, maybe some um, lights from the pier might shine down a little bit. And what you do is you see like a mossy anchor chain with shit hanging down. And immediately what popped in my head was, I'm going to find some dead drunk sailor that like tried to stumble back to the ship, fell off the pier. No one knows he's missing. And like a Friday the 13th movie, he's all hanging off this boat chain under the <laughs> pier. Like it just automatically everything turns into a scary movie. Or like you're trying to plant your lip it and your buddy bumps you and you're just convinced it's either, again, Freddy Krueger, Jason, or a shark. Like you just these tricks that your mind plays on you. So it's very scary. It's very pitch black. Now, if you're actually navigating for that, you have a lot of work to do and you have some uh, illumination on your dive board and all that stuff for depth and and uh, direction and time and all that stuff. But if you're the guy that's just attached to the guy flying, with a six foot leash, you literally yeah. have nothing to do but chase his fins. Uh, and that's when your imagination can get wild. Sure. And I just, I always thought, just look at his fins, look at his fins. And I knew if I looked up, I would see a set of jaws about to just eat my face. <laughs> and so it's that, because you can stay on bag for up to four hours if you're good. So double ship attack, we each have two limpet systems on our backs. And so, you know, if he's flying, he would hit the ship and then I would take him off his back and place him where we place him. And then we'd have to box out and maybe go three or four piers down and box in and hit another ship. So that whole exercise in its entirety can take up to six, seven, eight hours, four of it underwater, all at night, all dark, um, depending yeah, on your insane. insertion and all that stuff. So, yeah, it's it's a, it's a combination of mental boredom and then just your childhood uh, <laughs> fears that are resurfacing That's for right. no reason. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a reason I, I, you know, everyone always thinks they're like, uh, you always look back on your career and you say, Hey, I wonder, could I have gone air force special forces? Could I have gone into the, uh, the Navy seals? And then I hear stories like that. And I'm like, Oh no, no, there's no nope. fucking way in hell. <laughs> nope. I would have been like, I would have been, like in the air force. We had these things that, um, uh, you probably had in the Navy too. They went under your armpits and you pulled it and it was a, a life raft thing, flotation, flotation device. device. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yep. I would have pulled it. I would have been like t 10 minutes in the water. <laughs> <laughs> Peace Oops. out guys. I'm going to go work for combo. <laughs> well, they do one thing. They, they call it the boogeyman swim. And this is in, in seal training before you get to your team. And what they do is they load you up your class in a bunch of Boston whalers, you know, three or four of them, however many uh, people fit in them. And they drive you so far off the coast of San Diego and then they just start, you know, whipping donuts out there, getting you disoriented. You can't see any of the, the skyline where the city lights are. So it's complete pitch darkness. You have no idea north, south, east, west. They kick you out of the boat and they yell at you to swim back to base and then they take yeah. off. 
and you're just sitting there like are you fucking kidding me like it is the darkest i've ever the stars are really pretty but then again your buddy's fin bumps you and you're like bro what was that i don't know was that you and you're like no (laughs) something just bumped me and then you're like shit is that a dorsal fin like you just we ended up having like 50 dudes just clumped up together it was kind of like that movie with the uh was it the uss indianapolis yeah i was just thinking about that yeah the mission of the shark you know the co is in the raft and then everyone's hanging on and the guys on the end are getting eaten that's what you think's about to start to happen. You're just like, well, I'm in the middle of the pack. I think I'm good. And everybody's <laughs> eyes are just big as ping pong balls through their their dive goggles. And everyone's scared shitless. And after 45 minutes or an hour, they finally come out and like, you idiots don't know where you are. And you're just like, oh, yeah, okay. But meanwhile, the whole time you're shitting yourself. You're terrified because you there's nothing you can do but float out there. And again, let your imagination <laughs> get the sure, best yeah. of it. So that, that's the boogeyman man. swim. Yeah. Our buddy Ben asked how yeah. do seals and divers actually keep from getting eaten by sharks? Like he's like seriously inquiring. <laughs> you, yeah, you don't. I you know we I'm just not, don't. <laughs> yeah, you just don't. You just hope it's not your day. They they claim that no bud student uh, or active seal has been eaten by a shark. There was one. He was like an old frog man that was doing some type of laying some type of lines in the the islands of florida that got bit once and died or whatever i mean i don't know how much of this is true or if it's just you know frogman legend but as far as they say no bud student which amazes me because you have so many dudes year after year right off the coast of san diego and they definitely let you know that oh see that over there that's point loma that's a great white breeding ground and you're like oh nice why do you get it listen i'm from colorado i don't know any of this you could tell me there hasn't been a great white shark here for a hundred years. And I'd be like, wow, that's great. But no, they tell you. So we so, actually did have a, a swimmer recall once at San Clemente Island where they saw a shark. It's known to their territorial. They kind of patrol certain areas. And he was an older shark. I don't know if that's good or bad. I mean, sometimes yeah, people are grumpy. They just want to, you know. And uh, they said the one thing we will never do to mess with you they always had an ambulance that paralleled us on the beach. And if it hits its lights, you swim immediately to it and swim a recall. And it's, it's, they will never play that game with us. And during a third phase swim, they hit those lights and they have an instructor in a kayak that's kind of paddling and, and he was blowing his whistle. And I thought, Holy shit. And I looked down and we named him jaws. That's what he's known as out in San Clement Island. I don't know if he's still around, but anyway, I saw this dude cruising under me oh, about 10 feet no below. Way. And I was just like, oh, my God. And we were about a 1,000 yards off the shore. And I tell you, it seemed like five years before I finally touched the beach. I just thought, I'm going to die. I already saw the shark. I know that's going to, you know, um, what's it? What am I? I should have been a ranger. What the fuck am I doing from Colorado? (laughs) What am I doing in the ocean? This is so stupid. I know it's going to. It really was a scary feeling. But then finally I relaxed and said, look. There's no fast way to swim a thousand yards in the ocean. <laughs> you might as yeah, well yeah, just trust um, that maybe he'll bite someone else, you know? <laughs> so let's talk about American Skull Factory. First of all, probably the greatest name for a beard company uh, I've ever heard. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. When did you start that? That was that actually up? the hardest part. That was the hardest part. Like, damn, what do I want to call this thing? Oh, it's so hard. Um, it's so hard when you're trying to figure out, like, because once you decide, man, that's what you yeah, have. <laughs> and then you got to start it. from there's scratch your, and you don't. There's your brand. You're like, oh, that was a dumb name. But uh, <laughs> no, it, it uh, yeah, it just kind of as actually my wife and I came up with it together just as kind of a, a, a fun side hustle. And uh, she 
being Asian is very good with oils and uh, oils for your hair and things that smell good and condition. The problem with most like veteran owned beard oil companies is they straight up, it's like salad dressing. <laughs> just, it's dudes <laughs> making shit. They just like, oh, I don't know, throw some of this and some of that and some tea tree oil. And uh, and it, you're putting like a pine salt on your beard. Whereas my wife was like, listen, I, the, I know these different oils really actually is a difference between the hair on your head, difference between facial hair. We can make this stuff smell good. And so she really is the wizard behind the curtain as far as Skull Factory. She ran wild with it. And then, of course, you know, with any company, we threw some apparel in there for fun. And and uh, it just kind of grew from there. We've been doing that for, geez, four or five years now. Oh, cool. Cool. So, yeah, it's been fun. It's been fun for sure. I mean, it's nothing too crazy. It's not some empire by any means, but it's just, like I said, it's just kind of a, a fun side thing. And the feedback we get from people, there's no doubt with with her knowledge of her super secret cool Thai stuff, you know, the oils and scents, and Asian's got <laughs> kind of a special angle on that. So, yeah, she it's a lot of positive feedback from the oils and stuff. It's been fun. Nice. Um, you also, I, I think I saw on, I've been trying to get the, I think they're called A and E it's a, a hat company and I believe they're out of, uh, Southern Pines, North Carolina. Oh, but, Eagles uh, and angels. That's it. In Eagles and angels. You have a hat yeah, over there. Yeah. I saw now, now I what's do, really, yeah. cool, what's really cool about that company is, and, and I don't know if this is the case with you, but guys donate their that. uniforms their combat warden uniforms, and they actually cut out sections of it and put it under the American, the leather American flag that's on the hats. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's so awesome. You, yeah. The, uh, I did one. Yeah. The owner of the company hit me up and told me the concept of it. And I thought, Oh, that's awesome. And he said, Hey, do you have any, you know, camouflage that you have left over that you, you know, wore overseas or whatever. I said, yeah, I got a whole garage full. Like most of us do for some reason, we just <laughs> lug Keep it around it. from place to place. Yeah. You I'm like, oh. throw it away, They're right? useful, you, yeah, you never know. <laughs> put me in coach, put me in. <laughs> so yeah, he actually, I don't know if you guys can see. Oh, that. nice. There it is. it is. That's awesome. Dude, that is so cool you can tell I, I dated myself with the woodland camouflage yeah. you know, back in, back in Nam. Yeah, I was gonna say, how was the nom? <laughs> yeah, it was good. It was good. So yeah, great concept though. Tom, the owner, is a great dude. Uh, he's now a friend of mine, and I just thought that is such a cool concept to to really kind of just there's there's something extra to that hat. You know what I mean? There's a piece of you in it, and then the people that want to support it and and buy that hat, and it's just a really a cool concept. Otherwise, it would just be a bunch of cami sitting in the garage not doing much. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Who, um, or, or I guess I should say, why, why do so many of us veterans have beards? What is, what is with that whole phenomena? Except for this guy right here. I don't know if you can see your screen. He used to have a beard. <laughs> oh, nice beard yeah. I can't even look at him. He looks, like, oh, he looks deformed now. He used to have a very healthy beard. It was like, much like yours. But oh, then somehow oh he, no. He shaved it. Yeah, That's, he oh, shaved it. man. Yeah. Should we have a moment of silence for his <laughs> beard? Yeah. That's sad. Yeah. That's sad. Oh. I get shit every morning from my wife, man. <laughs> <laughs> you look i'll be in there shaving and she's like you look so much better with a beard i'm, I'm like what? yeah I'm like yeah you know what well i wish i could grow a beard okay oh man so who who is most susceptible to becoming a bearded bro vet is it seals rangers green berets marsock or the afsock guys you know, I got to say that the Green Berets probably corner the market with the beards, man. I, you know, I, I got to give them props. I, I think do. they're the, the the pioneers of that. You know what I mean? I think the rest of us just do it 
because uh, we can when we can, when we can get away with it and grooming standards right. are laxed. And then I know now when you enter the veterans world, it was just because I'm lazy. I shave my neck once a week. I'm done as opposed yep. to, to shaving every day. So, uh, yeah, but I got to give, I got to give props to the greenie beanies. I think SF, uh, lead the charge on some gnarly facial hair. <laughs> Who played the best Navy steel Navy seal on the big screen, Mark Wahlberg, Charlie Sheen, Bruce Willis, or Demi Moore. Oh, I got to go with Charlie Sheen, man. That just, that was right. Like in yeah. my high school days. And I was like, God, these guys are crazy. I like that dude. He's cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, was it, wasn't he like he was going into combat with like a mullet and uh, uh yeah, he was just always wild and talking yeah. shit and jumping off bridges and choking people in bars. And he was just, I don't know, his character kind of uh captured the imagination. That's why it was funny. Rob O'Neill did some type of little commercial spoof with uh Charlie Sheen and was calling him Hawkins or whatever. And I thought, oh, that is. Two cool dudes right there, man. Charlie Sheen and Rob O'Neill. <laughs> that is really cool. That's great. Did you yeah. serve it all with Rob? <laughs> no, no, I didn't. We became friends through mutual friends, but uh, he was okay. an East Coast bubba the whole time. And I actually linked up uh, to him through one of my West Coast buddies ended up going out East. So this yeah. is this is a uh, Rob O'Neill autographed Time magazine with uh, Bin Laden oh, crossed out. Nice, <laughs> nice. That's awesome. Yes. That's a keeper there. That is. That's Don't what, ask what he had to do to get it. Yeah, we won't talk. Yay. about Yay! Hey, and, it's and all right. he's in he's in good he's in good company because over here we have the original battle plan from uh, Kevin McAllister on uh, Home Alone. <laughs> So, nice. drawn by Marine. So he Scott should know Williams. that there's only two <laughs> things up there that have, mean a lot. Uh, okay, yeah. we'll we'll end it off with this because this is kind of what we were talking about before we brought you on. Is uh, tell me how do you prepare the perfect steak? Like which cut, season, uh, and method of cooking? Man, I'm not like huge into cooking. If I do anything, uh, it's just a barbecue, and I'm big in letting the meat marinate. Okay. For as long as I can, depending on the situation. And then a lot of people think this is kind of gross, but I'm a huge fan of lemon pepper. Okay. I love lemon pepper. A lot of people think it kind of taints the meat, but I just, I'm a sucker for it. And I'll even maybe ruin it with a, a, some A1 steak sauce. I'm oh, not God fancy when it. it comes to meat. I know. Yeah. I know. A lot gotta... of people hate that, but I love it. I love it. It's I liquid crack. I love it. It's good, yeah. <laughs> See, I'll get, what can I'll I do that I'll go to the steakhouse and get a nice steak and then a baked potato, and I'll use the A1 for the baked potato. Yeah. Get you a little oh, baked gotcha. potato and have some steak sauce on it. Mm. <laughs> nice. All right, Clark, I appreciate your time coming on. Uh, that was a lot of fun. Um, where do you want to point folks? Where do you want to point the irreverent warriors? I assume over to uh, uh, American Skull Factory? Uh, yeah. Or if anybody ever wants to reach out or anything, just my Instagram is pretty much all I got. So just a uh, frogman two one five five on IG. If you have any questions, um, anything else I got going on is kind of linked through that. I don't have any other platform. So if any, uh, anyone listening wants to reach out, ask questions or say what's up or send nudes or, you know what? Only guys, please. Cause I'm married. <laughs> right. She said it's not cheating if it's with a guy. So <laughs> you say frogman two one five five. Frogman two one five five. Yep. Yeah. All right. Yep, perfect. All right, yep. man. I really appreciate your time. Thanks for coming on. It was a lot of fun. Absolutely. Thank you, guys. Take care, man. All right. All right take care, buddy.
Man, we got to stop having really cool people on the show because it's It's totally undercutting us. Yeah, yeah. You you come on and you're like, oh, there's all these awesome people out there. Where's their podcast? I'm like, no, no, no. You got to watch this. We're the cool guys. Us, (laughs) totally cool. (laughs) Uh, That went a little long, so I think we went through pretty much everything. Uh, It's nine o'clock. Long. We're right under. No, now we're at nine o'clock. Yeah, we're at nine o'clock. I went long because I had some stuff. Uh, Do you know what? If you guys want to stay on for a couple more minutes, because we have our military viral videos, we gotta. We got to go over here. Uh, some of them were fantastic. So I'm going to give you this one first. Do you know what? Because it is fun. It's always fun to go through some kind of video. All right, here we go. I don't know where I put that actual link. Uh, I think you have to turn that back on. You just killed our mic. Thank you. You killed us. Yeah. Sorry if you didn't hear that. Um, Paul just fucked up our, our audio feed. So what we'll do, we'll try he shows that again. Up late. And here, we're going to put him on the screen now real quick. He shows up late and then he fucked up the mic. <laughs> That microphone messes with everything. So it messes with everything. It's like a cursed microphone. All right, here we go. This is kind of funny. Man, has anyone seen LT today? He uh, went out to the land nav course this morning. By himself, what time? Zero seven. Almost 13 fucking hundred. You, do push-ups until you die because you're stupid. You, tell all the E4s to meet me at the land nav course. First one to find him gets the rest of the day off. That was funny. Yep. I really enjoyed that one. I just watched that one the other day. Uh, we were also going to talk about how um, the Department of Defense, in all its infinite glory, do we have, let me put up this here, uh, has decided to make the MREs even more compact, even more energy dense. I, actually, I'm not going to read it because it's it's a good, but they, they talk about pulling all the moisture out of the food no. that, they're, that they're giving you. So it's lighter, more energy dense. And I don't know. I don't know. But the whole point of it is that it's people are going to have aneurysms because they're going to sh- have the worst times trying to shit. Is it in pill form? Uh, yeah. Suppository? Yeah. And truth be told, they did an experiment on, they did an experiment on uh, oh, people man. who ate MRIs. They gave it to a bunch of grunts. They're like, for six months, you guys are going to eat MRIs. Probably wasn't that long, but they gave it to them. And then they gave uh, a bunch of other people just regular meals. And they, they went to see how many people shit more often. And of course, the grunts were shitting like half the amount of time that the people on regular food. So they think it's because it's sterilized. It fucks up your, your GI um, normal floor, like the bacteria that's in there. That's what they think no. anyways. But but yeah, so all those rumors are real. And I thought when we, when I was reading that article, I thought, uh, let's share our cousins over at Vet TV their little skit here. <laughs> He's going Super Saiyan. <laughs> and done. So that is from uh, Banff, Team Banff. Um, funny stuff there. Uh, what else do we have? We got a couple other things I want to go over. If you haven't subscribed to Vet TV, you need to. You, it's 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 Netflix for vets. There's no better way to explain it. Oh, here's one. Last week we tried to pull up something for the Navy, and uh, I screwed that up. That's my fault. Well, we had to pay for it, and I'm not going to friggin' pay the Navy for their goddamn propaganda. So what we'll do Navy. is I found a free version, and basically I found this, and it it freaked the shit out. We were just talking about this, actually. We were just talking about this with Clark and, Pisa- and Pastado, but um, yeah, check this out. So apparently if you're on a Mew or you're on a boat somewhere or a ship, whatever the hell you call them, you just out in the middle of nowhere, you jump off into the water. And all I have to say is no 
fucking way would I do that. Oh yeah, like that, uh, like the the Coast Guard. Look at that. They had that Mako. Look at that. There's out. like, yeah, there's nothing out there. And they did some underwater camera footage. They were doing this on a, um, they were doing it on a, a nope. submarine. And yeah, it was like it just creeped me. Well, maybe I would jump. Yeah, <laughs> just kidding. Uh, yeah, and then I figured out it's called thallus thalassemia. No, it's called. There's a name for it. Um, but here it is. So I, I, so of course I'm afraid of it. So I look up like fear of things under dark waters and look at this shit doesn't that just freak Dude, you that's out cool as hell it's cool but look at this one that's actually not bad because it's clear water um or this here you go oh i forgot you have a monitor over there yeah look at, oh yeah 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 we saw that one. Oh, and look at that that's yeah, nice that's what I'm saying, man. Look yeah at that guy. that's that's all that good dude i grew up in new hampshire no, we sir. would swim in lakes and that's that went through my mind i'm like i'm gonna get eaten by a shark. i'm gonna be the first kid in new hampshire could you imagine learning how to do scuba diving and you're like i'm in a quarry no big deal and that shows up Ugh. a man-made quarry and magically there's a shark there exactly and it, it can't happen but that's what your brain is going to tell you yeah dude i went to mexico my wife when i turned 30. so so we moved out to uh where we went out to mexico got a little got a hotel there man and they did this thing called trek the sea mm -hmm. so when you get this thing probably weighs 50 pounds like the old school diving helmet oh yeah yeah, yeah. so me and my wife went and did that man and uh you get out there you're like oh this is so cool you're just walking at the bottom of the yeah, ocean right like three it's like one big piece of glass and then there's like two sides so you can like you can't really turn your head you just have to yeah. kind of use your peripheral because you start moving you start actually moving underwater and uh so paul, paul can yeah. never remember to talk yeah, to him like so, so we actually massage it right around the bottom <laughs> where the balls would that's be yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> starts doing things um anyhow so we're we're walking. I'm like, man, this is so cool. You start seeing different statues and like stuff underneath the water. And then you start seeing things swimming out in the distance. So yeah. now I'm thinking like, we got to get out of the water. We got to get out of the water. <laughs> yeah, because you panic when you're and underwater. You, you can't tell anybody because like you can't really talk in between you and the other person. It's just oxygen for you to breathe right inside this helmet. And uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's weighted. So like you're, that's why that's how you're on the bottom, right? Yeah, yeah. It's weighted. So that's how you're on the bottom of the ocean. But anyhow, you start seeing these dark things like swimming out there and, and most of them are like like manta ray or the uh, stingrays would come in yep and then you could kind of like see them they would swim up near you or whatnot i started thinking like dude mexico is like a huge breeding ground for great white sharks <laughs> right there at the tip or right. i mean I, hell i don't know tiger sharks maybe too sure you know what I, mean? I, I don't know you know what i mean so then i start thinking this my anxiety starts going through the roof. Yeah, yeah I'm that's like, what happens. Before I'm like even enjoying the walk anymore, I'm like looking around, trying to make sure you know we're not being targeted by some great white swimming around off in the distance and decides <laughs> he wants to come in and Dude, take I, a bite. My yeah. buddy, he was actually my flight commander in nav school, uh, Sam Price. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw you under the bus on this one, Sam, because it's a great <laughs> freaking story. They were Oops. on their honeymoon uh, in Mexico or somewhere like that, and they were um, on like a, probably something like that where you put on these yeah. these. And he's on the boat and he, he starts getting that like, like he's got the shits. Oh, <laughs> he's like, he's like, I can't dive. I can't jump in with everybody. So he stays on the boat. Everyone else goes in and then it's getting worse. And he's like, yeah, I need to use the bathroom. And they're like, no, there's no bathroom Give here. And he's water. like, so he's like, I'll just jump in the water. No, I have to get in the water. I'll swim over there and I'll just shit. All right. So he hops into the, <laughs> he hops into the water. He swims. He says about 50 yards away from the boat, pulls his pants down. And he said it was like a, uh, a squid squirting its ink. Just oh. now it gets better. It gets better. 
So not only it's crystal clear water, everyone at the bottom can look up and see this cloud of shit <laughs> that, that he's swimming in. <laughs> and here's the feet kicking. Here's the better part. Oh, it's fucking horrible. All the like all the little trigger fish and the little, you know, They're the little swimming. tropical fish. They <laughs> They swarm up because he shit out like all this undigested food and they're eating all the shit. Oh, disgusting. oh, sorry, Sam. You know, he ended up being the guy who carried the football to the president. Probably just ruined his career to ever yeah. become a. I hope you washed your hands afterwards. Uh, I don't. Think... <laughs> well, so, guys, I think I think that's it. Should I show this one last thing? I thought this was kind of cool. Space Force is already. Um, they're already firing shots across the bow. We'll end off with... Actually, do you know what? We're, we're going to end off with another one real quick, but this one made me laugh. Oh, yes. The Air Force is just the Space Coast Guard. Changed my mind. Not, not wrong. I, yeah. They're absolutely 100% right. The only way I would argue back on that is that no one's fighting us in space. So it's almost like if the coast guard everyone was shooting at the coast guard from the never mind i'm trying to justify it but nope not working air force guys you think we're defensive you should you should hang out with some coast guardies they really whoo um and last thing i don't know if i should show this i don't know if i'm in if i'm gonna get in trouble uh we already watched that one uh but you know what it made me laugh so what the hell what the hell i am too all right uh i just had to look i gotta pull up the screen here Okay. Oh, you just pulled it off. All right. Here, we're going to go out with this. Um, I'm going to go ditty. trying to people asking why they shotguns on my home. They're locked in a safe. There's a metal gun case. We live in an area that's wooded, somewhat secluded. And I said, Jill, if there's ever a problem, <laughs> just walk out on the balcony and fire two blasts outside the house. Buy shotgun. Buy shotgun. You don't need machine gun. You don't need 30 rounds. Buy shotgun. Buy double barrel shotgun. And you don't need a flamethrower. And you don't need a yes, tank. And you don't need an AR-15. Scare those thugs away. No, and I don't need a grenade launcher. I don't need an F-15. There's just one thing I need to do. And they'll stay away from me. Fire two blasts outside the house. Buy a shotgun. Buy a shotgun. Buy a shotgun. Dude's talented. Talking about uh, Joe, not uh, not the other guy. So he actually started. I'm gonna show my nerd side real quick. He actually started. Uh, I can't remember what college it is. Doing. Oh, you know this guy? I don't know him personally, but he did skits of like Harry Potter. It's called uh, a very Potter musical. It's where he started out, and then he ended up getting on uh, another famous TV show. But that's where he started. He started out as a college as a as a student in the plays. He's freaking funny as hell, man. That the made me laugh. Are hilarious, and I'm showing some of my nerd side for those of you who know it. Yep. You are definitely a nerd. Ladies and gentlemen, that's all we have for you this week. Uh, head over to 21gun.net. Do us a favor and purchase yourself a 21gun t-shirt. It would really help out the show because, as you can see, it's a shit show. And, <laughs> and it's a shit show to or reduce the shittiness. Winter time frame now. Yeah, now. there's hoodies. There's all sorts of things. Head over to 21gun, spelled out 21 Gun. Dot net you'll see uh the links for that um trying to think what else reverentwarriors.com go to a silky's hike uh there's still a bunch coming up 
um, VeteranTelevision.com as well for your uh, Vet TV subscription. And now that we're part, pretty much partnered with Grunt Style, I mean, that's... Oh, are we really? Kind of. I know there's something with we've Grunt been, Style we've, we've been on. Work, don't we're working anything. on that, but most of our shirts have been through Grunt Style, so nice. go support them too. Nice. All right, everybody, take care. And I wish I had a, a thing I could say when I... Like a, a catch phrase. Just no finger guns. Take, no finger guns. Like take a sign-off? Take care, guys. Pew, 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 pew. Oh, you did it. <laughs> Have a good night, guys.